1: Yo, KJ Podcast, my people. San Francisco 49ers analysis. Football team wins 26-23 over the Seattle Seahawks, snapping a 10-game losing streak. So much to discuss. Lots of disagreements on Twitter. I think it's healthy. I think this fan base is really engaged in the rebuild. Certain people are of a viewpoint that this win matters against Seattle. There's others in my viewpoint that... This wasn't the best thing. This wasn't a day to pop bottles in sh- of champagne in the locker room and-, and talk shit to the Seahawks because at the end of the day, this is going to alter the offseason plans. This is going to alter how many wins the 49ers have in 2019, in 2020. And obviously, I'm not an advocate of tanking. We're going to unpack everything. The 49ers played a better game than the Seahawks. They deserve to win. 49ers fans deserve to bask in this, beating your rival. But... Um, I'm worried. I'm worried a little bit about the offseason. Now I'm worried if John Lynch is going to pick the right player. I'm worried Demarcus Lawrence is not going to be a free agent. D Ford from the Chiefs, they're going to franchise tag him. I'm worried edge rusher does not get solved now. Oakland Raiders, number one overall pick, Nick Bosa, second overall pick from the Arizona Cardinals. I'm going to be shocked if it's not Josh Allen, the edge rusher from Kentucky. So. KJ Podcast, we are big picture, long-term analysis here. You know, I'm not a beat reporter anymore. I tell you what's going to happen. This win against Seattle, it was incredible from Nick Mullins. Look at DeForest Buckner, two sacks. I'm very happy with the way the 49ers played. I'm also concerned that this screws some things up for the plan. And this season was wasted, and the prize coming out of it was supposed to be an edge rusher, was supposed to be a top player. Everyone's saying, oh, Greedy Williams will come in here from LSU and it'll be fine. This season did become about the draft when Jimmy Garoppolo went down. Who knows if Nick Mullins was in earlier for CJ Beathard. This team could have a different record. Maybe. Maybe not. The defense was kind of in shambles in the middle of the year. They're playing a lot better now. You have Robert Sala doing cartwheels on the sideline, throwing his headset. <laughs> could someone tell him to chill a little bit? I'm not a huge fan of that, but... This team is playing better football. They're not a top five worst team, as we've been saying. And now it's going to reflect that. So listen, the 49ers won the football game. We can't change that. To some of you, this is a dumb argument. I, some people unfollowed me because I'm not celebrating being the Seattle Seahawks. Guys, I'm not a 49ers fan. I give you information from being inside the NFL building before from my perspective. This isn't a fantastic win. I thought Seattle came out flat. It was rainy. Selleck's touchdown. One of the Seahawks defenders fell down. Seahawks had 14 penalties, shooting themselves in the foot. Their passing offense really is nothing. Killa Witherspoon went down. They were still pretty much fine. You know, Back and forth game, 49ers settled for field goals in the second half. Kyle tries to win every game. And I don't think the 49ers... Like, if they would have lost out, the culture's really bad, and oh my god, they needed to win here. There's literally people tweeting, and they're blinded by emotion right now. Forty 49ers played a pretty good game. They got up, they got the lead, they held on. Seattle's going to the playoffs, they just beat a playoff team at home. I'm not trying to drain any joy away from this for 49ers fans, but as you know, you get big picture analysis on the KJ podcast, does... A win now? Is that winning the battle and not winning the war? Is this really going to affect draft position and now edge rusher is not solved and next season there's issues? Hey, you don't tank in the NFL. I clearly get that. Kyle, you don't tell that to Kyle. You don't tell that to the players. It's not on the table. I'm just saying, this win, you're being a prisoner of the moment if you're celebrating it. Maybe that was a little harsh. Some people did unfollow me. I totally get that. I pushed a button there, but. On this podcast, you will get big-picture analysis. And we've been through this, guys, in 2016. The 49ers, on Christmas Eve, they beat the LA Rams. Kaepernick had a really nice game. The Browns had won that day, and the 49ers, had they lost, were going to be sitting in the driver's seat for Miles Garrett. This edge rusher problem would have been solved. Kyle Shanahan would have inherited that instead. Now they had Solomon Thomas. I'm worried that the 49ers are now going to be picking fourth in the draft, that John Lynch could now possibly screw this thing up, and the rebuild could take a significant hit. So I'm looking in the future. I'm not being blinded by some emotional win over Seattle, which I totally get that fans should be. You should get lost in the emotion of this game. The positives right now are overflowing. Yeah, the negatives, it looks like Nick Bosa is off the table. If the Cardinals are picking second, In the draft. I'm going to be surprised if it's not Josh Allen, if he makes that rise up. 49ers actually could beat the Chicago Bears next week, day before Christmas Eve. They're going to be resting starters. They've already wrapped up the NFC North. 49ers could be picking 10th in the draft. And now this makes sense, guys, because they're closer to their record. The wins are coming later in the season. They didn't get the turnover bounces earlier. They should have won some games that they lost. Things even out. This is how the NFL goes. I'm not going to harp on this the whole episode, but I am... I'm a little nervous that now you're not going to be able to get DeMarcus Lawrence in free agency. He's not leaving Dallas. D. Ford's going to get franchise tag probably. Clowny, Look at the Texans. They're 10-4. and four. Teams with pass rushers are good right now, guys. And the 49ers clearly have theirs in DeForest Buckner. We're going to talk all about how dominant he's been. Might have been the best player on the field. I'm not going to be negative Nancy here. I'm just saying this is not a win this fan base should be celebrating. I don't often agree with John Middlecott, but he and I have both been in NFL buildings. We've both seen teams rebuilt and, and things happen. And do wins actually matter in December? He and I are both in agreement here. 49ers fans, you look a little lame celebrating this win. Even though Seattle is a damn good team, even though Nick Mullins is playing great, Shanahan, they're doing the thing in the locker room, giving game balls. They're saying champions act like champions before that. I, mean, I like everything the 49ers are doing. Richie James has the kick return. There's, they're making big plays all the time. Dante Pettis had a nice 30-yard reception. Nick Mullins is throwing dimes. Kittle after the catch. But this football team looks good. Most of you are happy about that. Who cares? The draft chips will fall where they fall. I'm telling you, I don't know if this front office is good enough to get the right player if it's not a, a top three pick here. We went through all this losing and had a miserable season, and the prize at the end was supposed to be a top prospect. That's the point I'm trying to make. I'm not trying to be annoying. I'm not trying to be Grant cone. I'm not trying to sap the energy here. I'm trying to be the realist. This is the opinions I offer you. It feels like, to me, the 49ers won a battle today and could end up losing a war. It's early. There's still two games left. They could lose both of those. There can be some crazy things that happen. I think they might beat the Bears. It's on the table because they're playing that well, and it's encouraging... Just like last season, Kyle had 7-1 and one in December now. This has kind of mirrored what last season has felt like, unfortunately. I'm going to have to start studying draft prospects who were 6-7-8. I've been looking at the top guys because that's where the 49ers have been slated to pick all along. Teams go from worst to first. This is a D-line draft. Maybe it's Ed Oliver. But I'm talking about first-round talent here because teams that are getting first-rounders like Derwin James and coming to their defense, the Chargers are a different football team now. They picked the right player in the first round. They got lucky that people didn't think Derwin was going to be good. This is the point I'm making. This this team needs more impact players, more talent. If you're going to beat the Rams, if you're going to beat the Saints, if you want to compete with these teams. And now it's going to get a little harder on your front office. Can they still do it? Of course. Can Kyle Shanahan pick the right guys on offense? It's looking like it. Dante Pettis has been the best story to close the season. First two months, we're thinking, oh, he's hurt. Uh, I don't know. He comes in for a couple games. Oh, no. Not another bust. And then Dante Pettis really has come on. Kittle is the best tight end in the league this season. I'm happy about things, guys. We're going to review this Seattle game from front to finish here, but I didn't want the 49ers to tank on purpose. Please don't misconstrue my point. It's... I don't celebrate hollow wins. This is a win that doesn't feel that great to me because of the end result. You know, I've been right about stuff. I've been right about Richard Sherman. I did a podcast before he came on the team that they should go after him. I said, do a long-term contract with Jimmy G. Witherspoon wasn't going to be that good. Solomon Thomas. I said that on KNBR that I don't think he's going to make impact in the league like a top five pick should. I've been wrong about stuff too. Hoyer. Ruben Foster, I was obviously on that train, just as the Niners were. I think I'm going to end up being right about this, that the draft position here and the edge rusher, they're not able to solve it. And they count on Solomon Thomas next year because they like the way he finished and they bring back Eric Armstead. There's some things here that are going to look too hard in December and not hard enough at what happened early on in the year. And I'm worried about that from a team building perspective that now the Niners aren't going to have the talent they need to Win playoff games. And that's the bottom line here. I'm talking about winning playoff games. I'm not talking about beating Seattle this season. I'm annoying. I get it. Some of you are going to be like, dude, I can't stand this guy right now. To me, it's just simple. It's a math equation. Nick Bosa is greater than beating Seattle in December 2018. Watching him in a number 97 jersey. Listen, we don't know if he's going to be a slam dunk either, but I'm thinking If he's as good as Miles Garrett, Cleveland's defense has completely changed. Look how many turnovers they get now because they have that piece. 49ers are going to find pieces. They can still build this thing. This offseason, I think, got a lot more challenging. I could be completely wrong. You could call me an idiot in a couple months from now or next season when they win the division or do some quick turnaround. But I'm just not a prisoner of the moment, guys. I will hype anyone up. I will give you the straight truth. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking right now. All right, let's get to the game. Had to get that off my chest. I think the win is actually a really good one from the 49ers. And let's talk X's and O's of what happened. Seattle comes down, scores right away, misses the extra point. Richie James then takes a kick 97 yards back. You're going to have Sebastian Janikowski, gifts of that for a long time, him whiffing on the sidelines. Yeah, then the Niners kind of... Outplayed the Seahawks in the second quarter, take a 17-13 halftime lead. Nick Mullins started something like 11-14, missed Kittle twice. Those could have been big touchdowns. Um, very physical, smash-mouth game that I thought the O-line got pushed around at the end of the game, but the 49ers D-line really kind of helped them win the game. couple sacks on Russell Wilson couple pressures on third downs that got the 49 like excuse me, got the Seahawks off the field. Um, impressive Tay from DeForest Buckner. His agent just made a lot of money today. I don't know if the Niners will do contract extensions with him now or Buckner will bet on himself because you've seen the money Khalil Mack has got doing that. If Buckner says, no, nah, no, no, I'm good on the extension, post another 10, 11 sacks next year, All of a sudden, he's one of the most valuable assets in the league. And for those of you saying, KJ, you're so harsh on the draft position, they'll find talent. Buckner is your example. Trent Bulkey found him with a seventh overall pick. Sometimes you can walk into really good defensive players. Obviously, Chip Kelly was a part of that talent evaluation as well. So um, Chip Kelly really gave the 49ers a parting gift in DeForest Buckner. He's one of the best interior edge players. He was the best player on the field today. And that is huge news. Yeah, so 17-13 halftime, kind of a lull of a game. Third quarter, late third quarter, 49ers, very nice drive. Dante Pettis, 30-yard reception down the sideline. Boy, man, I told you the biggest thing about the last half of the season on offense, Dante Pettis had to walk into the offseason with confidence. The organization did that, hey, he can be something at receiver. He's already something. He's making plays. He's getting open consistently. Super exciting to see this. Yeah, I mean Nick Mullins just keeps finding open guys. You had in the second quarter the long Garrett Selleck touchdown. Kyle schemed things up brilliantly. He uses Kittle so well as a fake blocker on the run, and then Kittle just is in space. Then they were pointing it out in the broadcast too. Kittle was attracting two defenders. You had Breida use check. You had some guys making catches wide open on the sideline because of the attention Kittle was demanding. I don't even have to keep saying it about Kyle. You're seeing it every week. Nick Mullins is a top 20 quarterback in the league right now, heading into week 16. He's definitely a fantasy option. I'm sure people are playing him at this point. He's very consistent. Kyle has helped him. We've also got to give Nick Mullins props here. This guy is talented. He doesn't have velocity. He's not going to make big-time throws. Go watch Baker Mayfield if you want to see one of the best arms in the league and then compare it to Nick It doesn't look the same. But, hey, I tweeted this. His stats and the film, a lot of it looks better than Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen this year. I would have never thought that. I honestly thought it was a joke when they were playing him against the Raiders when C.J. Beathard was kind of a late scratch and it was a Thursday night game. He's walked in and really made this offense click. Could C.J. Beathard have eventually found some wins? Possibly. The schedule kind of softened up here, but this is beating Denver and Seattle back-to-back weeks is super impressive. It kind of solidifies how solid he is. I wonder if the Redskins call. I don't, They won't do business with Dan Snyder, but I wonder what types of teams call about Nick Mullins because they're getting him. If it's a third-round pick, you think about it. If it's a fourth-round pick, Um, man, I, I think the value he adds as a backup and you're still not sure that Jimmy G, Jimmy G has not played a full NFL season yet. I'd be keeping Nick Mullins third round pick. Then I'm, I'm starting to think maybe not, but, um, offense has been super fun to watch huge news coming out of the game, a killer witherspoon, pretty serious knee injury. Kyle said they're not ruling out ACL there. Obviously it seems like he's going to be out for the season. Not good because he had been playing well. He had not allowed a touchdown in six weeks, according to our boy Chris Biederman. Been doing a lot better in coverage. Um, kind of a tough blow. It threw Tarvarius more on the field. He did get beat for a touchdown early on. I don't know about him, to be honest. He, he is super raw. He reminds me of Pierre Desir when the Browns got him. And now Pierre Desir, what, five years in the league, is kind of developed into a nice starter for the Colts at corner. I think it could take more, you know, three, four years of these spot starts before he's um, a starter. He, he is he is super raw, but he, he wasn't horrible. He did not get picked on and burnt. He did get beat a couple times. Elijah Lee made a nice stop on a third down in the goal line. Marcel Harris, not as effective this week. DJ Reed, not as effective this week, but they weren't terrible. I mean, they beat Seattle, who had been one of the better NFC teams this season. It's a good win. It's going to hurt the future a little bit. It's going to put pressure on John Lynch. But 49ers fans are allowed to be happy. I'm not going to tell you how to feel about the football team. I am going to tell you big picture-wise. Don't be a prisoner of the moment. Some fans are acting like they won the division, and that's kind of what's bothering me because it's a nice win. They did some nice things. Seattle also they weren't trying to win this game. They were doing anything they could to lose. The refs called it super tight. And there were some bad calls too. 49ers got aided by you know the, the pass interference on the game-winning drive there. Dante Pettis, kind of a ticky-tack call. A couple of just notes i going through during the game. 49ers are third in the NFL in false starts. They've got to get that figured out. O-line, running-wise, has been great. Pass protection, they're in the middle. And trending towards below average I still wouldn't use a first second or third round pick on O-line I wouldn't use high price free agency but I would look obviously always at getting O-line if he could yeah I mean there were some bad roughing the passer penalties I think that was either on Fred Warner there in the fourth quarter Kendrick Bourne had some great acrobatic catches and he also had a couple big drops Richard Sherman arguing in the first quarter and kind of overturning that penalty he was probably right which is so awesome to see his cocky energy on the 49ers sideline. The Win meant a lot to him. He's still a huge topic of conversation in Seattle among the fans even in that locker room. You could tell he got a little emotional post game. That's that's cool man. I I am full team Richard Sherman. They're going to get their wins here. The draft's going to shake out how it shakes out. Yeah. There is good energy in the building right now. George Kittle is being funny in interviews. People are feeding off of his energy. Football is about building chemistry with personalities and confidence. And this could help the 49ers long term. It really could. I don't think so. I don't think this is a seminal moment. I don't think you can do this without Jimmy Garoppolo. We should actually go there real quick because there's a couple crazies on Twitter that actually think Nick Mullins should start next season too. And maybe we'll pull the tape up of this and say, I can't believe we actually believe the Jimmy G hype. It was such a small sample size, but to me, if you can't see the talent discrepancy between Jimmy Garoppolo and Nick Mullins, you might need to get your eyes checked because Jimmy G can fit the ball in really tight windows, is making really good throws in traffic with guys diving at his ankles, can throw at different arm slots, and you paid him a shit ton of money, and he's kind of your guy, and the leadership that he brought to the table and his I'm sure it's still bringing to the table. You don't disregard that. Uh, I know most of you totally agree with this and you don't have to address this, but there are certain people on Twitter saying Nick Mullins should be competing for the job with him next year. He's done as much as Jimmy Garoppolo. And I want to give Nick Mullins his props. We have a lot of it is Kyle Shanahan. And you could say a lot of Kyle is what helped Jimmy G too. I will say Jimmy G walked right into the building last December. Nick Mullins has been here Longer than Jimmy Garoppolo. He was here 2017 in training camp. He got to sit the full year. It's obviously helping him. This is not a problem to have a really good backup quarterback. This is what most NFL teams want their situation to be. Yeah, I mean, you got like people like my boy, Vincent Frank. If you're a 49ers fan complaining about a win over the Seahawks because of draft positioning, log the heck off and rethink your life. I totally get it. Fans are allowed to be happy. I don't want to rob joy. I just want to point out if this team struggles next season, these wins in December were meaningless. And if it happens again, that maybe a portion of you will wake up and say, these wins are meaningless in December. Someone give me a win when the Steelers turned it around or some franchise had this win where the Bears just... Rolling off wins last December and they turned shit around this year. No, they got Khalil Mack and they changed everything. The Cowboys got Amari Cooper and everything changed. You got a talented player and now things change. It's gonna be harder for the 49ers to acquire talent in the offseason without this draft positioning. That is my main point. All right, Niners are at four and ten. Jaguars are also at four and ten, and then you have the Lions at five and nine the Falcons at five and nine, Tampa Bay at five and nine, and the New York Giants also at five and nine. You're talking a win for the Niners over the Chicago Bears. They could get pushed down the draft board. Hey, it is what it is. They keep winning. Like we told you, their record should not be as bad as it was. Things even themselves out. Now I really want some other eyes to come in the front office alongside Adam Peters, who came from the Broncos, who are not that great. I don't love that Broncos roster. They've locked into a couple pass rushers that are really helping them. They've got a couple of their late round picks, right? Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm pumped. Those videos from the locker room, Kyle, everyone's obsessed with them. The energy feels good. This offseason... It's going to be the same as exact last offseason. People are going to be feeling good about the Niners. They're going to be 8-8, 9-7 next season. They're sitting in a, the right spot. This season was absolutely horrible, and I wanted a golden ticket prize from it. But, hey, you don't get what you wish for. You know what? I also thought Kirk Cousins was going to be on this team for a while. I also thought Nick Bosa was going to be on this team for a while. You don't make plans in pro football. Things really do change. Apologize to those of you who are annoyed by this subject. I just want to point out, it's a really funny chasm in the fan base. I mean, I I think almost 2,000 people voted. 35% of you are not happy the 49ers beat the Seahawks. You're more realist. You more can look at the big picture. Look at 2019, 2020. You'd rather have more wins than one win here. It's, It's a math equation. I keep saying it. Elite prospect is greater than win over rival in December season where you're not going to the playoffs. All right, I'm done being annoying. We're going to be back on here Wednesday. We're announcing a new 49ers podcast this week on Blue Wire. Big things coming. Keep spreading this. Keep tweeting. Yeah, I mean, Nick Mullins, you are the man. BDN, Big Dick Nick coming through. This guy's winning football games. That I don't know a lot of the bottom half starters of the league. If you threw him in this situation with Kendrick Bourne and Marquise Goodwin not performing. Yeah, you got Kittle. Yeah, you got Breida. You got some stuff. You got Kyle Shanahan, obviously. So maybe Kyle could make any quarterback do this. Could this be an Andy Reid type of trade where he trades a Kevin Cobb? Could Kyle do this? I don't think so. I would keep Nick Mullins. That's going to be a big storyline this offseason. There's QB needy teams. The 49ers developed one in a lost season. They're winning now in a lost season. The defense has sorted itself out. Robert Sala is not getting fired. This has been a great end of the season. A couple weeks ago in Seattle, that was the title of my podcast episode. Robert Sala is on the hot seat. He has bounced back. and I, Someone said in the locker room, this win was for Sala. Yes, because he used to be in Seattle. But yes, because there's questions about his job security. I think it's a lot safer now. Good things are transpiring. On this 49ers team to close the season They're going to have to adjust their offseason plans You're going to have to trust in John Lynch But this rebuild This turnaround yeah, 8-8, eight 9-7 eight, next season That's what it's going to have to be And I think it got a little harder To get there for this win And some of you were saying Just beat the Bears next week too Just beat the Rams Take this positive momentum into the offseason Just like last offseason And then Jimmy G is your cherry on top Good to see him on the sidelines. All right, KJ Podcast. We're going to have a guest on Wednesday. May have a different type of recording schedule over the holidays. Check out our other pods. Tweet me your thoughts. Complicated, emotionally driven win. Um, Sorry if we disagreed. Sorry if you unfollowed me. Let's keep this 49ers discussion going as we always will. We'll talk to you again later in the week. Peace.